just as a fair warning to those that are listening, um, and, and if you have been listening to us um, for a while now, this podcast, this particular session, isn't one of our more polished sessions. In fact, you'll find us kind of all over the place. Uh, but that's because it's reflective of where we are in our understanding of racism that is happening not only in the U.S., but North America in general. And so what you're going to hear, what you're going to get, really, is a raw, really unfiltered, really, uh, um, sort of honest reaction from us um, at the Prodigals podcast. Um, Hoping that you'll see past sort of the roughness of it and you can hear the sincerity the the empathy the sympathy the hurt um that we feel for um our fellow communities that are suffering especially the black community hey everyone uh welcome to the prodigals podcast i'm mark and i'm joined by alan and arwin um, so we're going to be discussing something really heavy, uh, today, uh, in this episode and, um, just bear with us as we go through this really tough and really, um, unnerving, uh, topic, um, as we talk about, uh, deaths of, uh, individuals in the black community, um, so on May 25th, 2020, George Floyd, a 46-year-old black man, died in the city of Minneapolis after a white, off, white police officer pressed his knee onto Floyd's neck for almost nine minutes while Floyd was seemingly subdued and handcuffed face down on the street. Um, two officers had a hand in... Two other officers had a hand in um, restraining him while a fourth one stood by controlling the crowd of onlookers. Uh, Floyd repeatedly told the officers that he can't breathe, but was ignored. Um, and after about six minutes, six minutes of the officer's knee on his neck, uh, he laid motionless on the ground as was said to have no pulse. Even then, um, Derek Chauvin, the white officer restraining Floyd uh, kept his knee on Floyd's neck even as arriving emergency medical technicians attempted to treat Floyd. Um, so Floyd was pronounced dead at a nearby hospital. Of course, this has sparked a series of unrest in many cities and has further ignited debates and discussions regarding the systemic racism that has plagued America. Uh, many of the protests that have started out as peaceful have developed into vandalism and looting. Um, and many um, of many big and small businesses alike. Uh, since then, Derek Chauvin has been charged with murder and recently had his charges upgraded to second degree murder. Uh, the other three officers pre- present 
during the killing of George Floyd has have been arrested and charged with aiding and abetting. Uh, George Floyd is just the most recent of high-profile killing of back, black individuals by law enforcement officers. So what were your initial reactions um, and has anything changed since? To be honest, I couldn't even watch the video fully. I think I skipped it. Um, I still haven't seen the full video um, until this day. Uh, I think the first part that I watched was when the officer was on George. And the next thing I fast forwarded to was um, when the stretcher was, uh, when he was placed on the stretcher. And then I just, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I just couldn't function um, after seeing that. Just kind of just dropped everything. And uh, that was my initial, initial reaction. Has anything changed for you since you first got wind of that? Changed? Um, I would say an awakening, if you will. Hmm. Not that I wasn't woke, quote unquote, before this, but it just triggered. Um, not because like, I, I, I know what you know the Black community is feeling, but it's just like, I don't know. It was just uh, for me. I thought I was like, not again. You know, not again. Not again. Um, it. I don't know. It, it just. You're frustrated. It, it. It brings you to a. A bad place. And. Um, you don't want to entertain it because you're not making the situation any better by feeling that. Um, I know what else has changed for me is that uh, helping those who are raising awareness raise even more awareness. Um, having conversations with my youth group and um, our associate pastor and other people, other friends um, about it. Your brother, uh, Alan. Yeah. Adrian. Adrian was actually just like when we were gaming, we, he just casually brought it up and I'm like, wow, this is such a heavy topic while we're playing. And yeah, uh, I don't know. It, it's, uh, it's a conversation that everyone is having and everyone should be having. And um, I'm, I just wish that it was a conversation that people started to have way before this. Hmm. Uh. So I'm right with Arwen uh, in the fact that I couldn't even watch the video. Um, my initial reaction was, like, to be honest, like, and it's just like my, you know, my uh, sinful heart just trying to ignore everything. But like, I, I think like I've been so desensitized. Um, and like when I saw it, my reaction was like, oh, no, not again. Um, but it wasn't until like I saw and read the details that you know like my heart just broke down 
And like, how could a white officer just have his neck on someone who was already down and already handcuffed? But like, I know, like, the details should not be, you know, relevant to how I react to someone's death. You know, like the details are there. Yeah. Um, The way that he died is really sad. But just the fact, like I realized that just the fact of someone from that community dying again uh, from people from like law enforcement and actually like from someone who's white, um, that perpetuates, you know, like the racism that has been happening and just like really as a reflection of how broken America is and this world is, um, that should have broken my heart at the beginning. Um, right when I read the headlines. Um, and yeah, and at this point, like my heart is still broken um, because of the brokenness of this world. And uh, just like I have friends who belong to that, the black community and um, seeing like their reaction of like their, their reaction to this death um, and just how hard they're taking it and how seriously they're taking it. Um, yeah, it just makes me want to be there for them. And um, yeah, it's really a challenging time. And really, it it really caused me to look deep inside my heart of like, why are you so lukewarm? And why am I so like desensitized when I shouldn't be. Right. Anything changed since? Mm, nothing really. Um, I'm still heartbroken, and like seeing how my friends reacted just emphasized in my heart, like how <clears throat> how lukewarm and how um how indifferent I am to this world and yeah it's just like wanted it it made it made me want to rise up and just call out racism like the sin as it is so okay um for me um so my wife usually asks me to proofread um anything particularly things on on sensitive things before she posts them on social media right and uh it was the first time like i didn't see the video um it was it was my sort of my first encounter with the situation um and one of the things that she says she usually asks me asks me you know is it is it appropriate is it too much is it not enough? And I saw um, three words, just as a you know, as a three-word sentence. This is murder, right? Somewhere near the the end. And ha- not having seen the um, the video, sort of just seeing the um, the um, the title of it, um, I said, you know, that seems a little bit strong, right? because it was it was a picture of a guy kneeling on a guy right 
um, I don't even know if it was the full picture, but that, that wasn't the thought that came across when I saw that picture. Right, so I said, you know, and she says, it's too much. And I say, and I told her like, yeah, it seems like, it seems like a lot. But then as, you know, people started, like things started showing up on my feeds, right? And I just keep seeing that word, murder, 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 murder. And then it just starts to dawn on you how, mind you, I haven't still, I still haven't watched the video, right? Having dawned on you the gravity of the situation. Because just a few couple of days ago, they were, or, or a week or so ago, they were talking about um, a young man, a young black man that was running, you know, having a, a morning jog in Georgia. And he was yeah. gunned down by two white um, citizens, guys, ex-cops, yeah, whatever. Uh, and so my, you know, my thought is, you know, it's, it's another one, mm. right? And like Mark, there was this sort of desensitization because it has happened for such a long time. And it's not, you know, something that's close to, to my situation. And, you know, I want, to, I, I want to be fair to myself in the sense that, you know, there's some craziness that's going on in the world. Right. There's a lot of there's a lot of things that that take up sort of the news cycle. Every day we're talking about COVID. There's something that's happening in American politics. There are things that are happening all over the world. It's just it's constantly this this barrage of bad news. And it's just you see this other thing. It's just it's another thing that you have to sort of, you know, um, figure out, kind of, you know, just delve through. Um, and sometimes you just don't want to because there's so many things that are happening. And yet, and yet, you know, um, something inside of you just gnaws at you, right? That always, that, that, that has that saying, this is wrong, that just keeps popping up as, as much as you want to just continue on with your lives. You know, you're trying to homeschool your kids, make sure they have something nutritious for them to eat, trying trying to keep them from not killing each other you know what do you do for like groceries going out trying to be safe and you know in in this pandemic and all these things that you have to juggle and figure out and think with you know and then um and then on top of that there's this thing you know that happens and it starts to grow this movement this 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 i don't even know what to call it right it just starts to grow and it affects so many people right um, and so right now I'm just, I'm lost. Yeah. It, my, my initial reaction is I'm lost. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to process it. I don't know what to do with it. I don't know because number one, it's not a part of my, it's not a part of my day. It's not a part of my identity. That's not, that's not my thing. And then I, I and I'm, and I'm looking at some of these videos that my, some of my, uh, colleagues who who are from the West Indian uh, African American you know, community, you know, you hear the hurt, you hear the anger, you hear like, you know, all this emotion uh, that goes farther than just you know a few uh, uh, the few things that have happened. Even in the last couple of years, there's like this depthness to their history. It's part of their identity as a person, as a culture, you know, as a community. And that comes through and you, and you short out in my, my brain. I just, 
I short it out. I don't know how to, I don't know what to do with it. Right. And so it's almost like my brain just didn't want to deal with it. It just shut down. Cause it's crazy amongst a sea of craziness. And so, yeah. And so, I mean, has anything changed? I think what I was saying is that like, you know, from that initial sort of this, like a, wow, that's, that's pretty bad to, this is not going to end well to, to having this sort of like this, this, this thing in your heart, this, this, this shout uh, inner, inner thing in your heart, just kind of gnawing at you and just wanting to get out just like, this is, this is wrong. What are you going to do about it? You can't do anything about it. Uh, this is crazy. You know, there's, there's protests. How do you feel about it? I don't know how to feel about it. I just, it, everything just kind of just caves in and I'm not even a part of that community. Right. That's not my thing. And yet now, and I think that's the, that's the thing about sort of this, this situation is starts to draw everything up to the light. And it's taking people with them, whether it's from the black community, the Asian community, you know, other ethnic communities, it's starting to all draw in, right? It's all starting to, you know, just galvanize us and draw us to things that are bigger that maybe we just didn't want to deal with because we've got other things to deal with in our part of our day. Mm. If that makes any sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah. How to handle this? Yeah. No, same. And it's definitely like an ongoing conversation, and like the fact of the matter is, it causes you to look inside your heart. Um. Like, how do we perpetuate racism? Um, like as members of the Asian community, like how do we contribute to the racism towards Black people? You know, um, just just a question. Like, how do we, and how can we then um, fight against that? And how can we, you know, begin to change and stand with our Black brothers and sisters as members of the Asian community. I don't know if we're talking about like, if we're lumping us Filipinos, you know, with all Asians, because, te- you know, technically we are Pacific Islanders. Um, I think there's, there's been a lot of call outs by, you know, people on Facebook, on Instagram, you know, um, being um, sort of like not, they're not engaging, right? So much as going as far as, you know, calling, you know, calling us out as cowards, like Asians calling out Asian, the Asian community as cowards because of our indifference or a lack of, of, you know, standing up for what is, what is right. And when you put it that way, yeah, you you pretty much say, you know, that much. Uh, What came to mind was, um, you know, my, our, Bullying is a big thing in, in, in schools now, right? And so they talk also about not only the bully and those that are being bullied, but the bystanders, right? Yeah. They tell us, don't be bystanders. 
right? Because you're implicitly, you know, giving, you know, power to the bully, mm-hmm. right? And what they're doing. If you're not going to stop them, you're giving them permission to keep going, mm-hmm. right? Whether you laugh or whether you, you know, you just look on in horror. If you don't say anything, if you don't do anything, you're really, you know, in some ways complicit to the bullying that's happening. And yeah, yeah. I can see how that, that transfers over to us as well. Yeah. Um, and so the, the easy answer is speak up. And I guess for us, that's what we're doing right now. Uh, you know, uh, um, I was hesitant to, to, to want to do this podcast with this topic, mainly because, you know, we say we, we talk about things that are not normally talked about. This is being talked about, and it should be. A lot of people are saying lots of things about it, right? There's a lot of uh, people are say that, that have wonderful quotes. You know, they've got uh, videos and, 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 you know, sort of rants and, um, you know, whatever uh, that deal with it and talk about it and try to educate and, and call to, to uh, attention, things that are happening. Um, and so I was kind of hesitant to try to do this until you kind of realize, you know, if anything, even though we don't say anything that is different or profound or, or, or even useful or helpful to move the, you know, the movement forward, just to say, we denounce what is going on. What is going on? is wrong it has to stop things have to change just for us to say that on this platform on this podcast that is the least that we can do mm-hmm. so that's why we're here yeah. right um and so whether it's calling out the asian community whether it's you know whatever because we we're just talking off camera <laughs> What do we say? What do we do? What do we say? <laughs> what do we do? We go about this. Yeah. How do we go and, about this? And you know, like that question that Jed, like while we were deliberating, like what we talk about, uh, what we were going to talk about in this podcast, Jed uh, brought up like the question, like who are, you know, like who, who are, are we? we? Yeah, who are we to, to talk s- about this? Speak about like the injustice that pe- other people have been feeling, you know? Um, but like I, I think like who are we is just like we're we're called to be our brother's keeper. Yep. Right. And so like who are we? Like we are called by God to be difference makers in society. Um we are called, you know, like Jesus came to the world to um to free the oppressed. Um in Galatians, I don't know, you know, like what maybe it's chapter five right um about you know, salvation um it says there's neither jew nor greek um female or male um scythian um or barbarian like to god everyone is equal mm-hmm. and jesus has brought that um to the world and that's why we said in our statement is like the racism racism like really flies I guess, you know, it flies in the face of the gospel, flies in the face of Jesus because he created us all as equal. And when we treat, you know, like our brothers as being 
lower than us or you know like people who don't deserve our time and effort then like we might as well not believe in the gospel because that's what we're living in our lives and i think like um i think it was metaphorical uh the scene in the video where you know like derek chauvin was had his neck on um george floyd's neck while the asian guy stood around Mm. I think that's really metaphorical to what is what has been happening within the Asian community in regards to our relation uh, with the Black community and how we have not fought for them and how we have not contributed to like, any conversation towards racism against Black people. Um, and I think like, yeah, um, you know, when I saw that and I realized that's, you know, like the, the way that we condemn Tu Tao uh, the officer, it's like that has been us as Asians, mm-hmm. right? We haven't spoken for our brothers. We haven't stood uh, with our brothers. If anything, we've condemned, you know, like what Kaepernick was has been doing or um, the protests that Black people have been like doing. Um, and we haven't had the courage or the realization that we need to step up and speak for them as well. Yeah, and not everybody is like that. There, there are people who have fought with, even before this, um, these recent events with George Floyd. That, um, yeah, there, there are, have been some Asians who have been side by side with our black brothers and sisters. So. But for the majority, yes. What Mark for the saying, majority. Yes. Majority, yes. Yes. And I think like we should also, you know, look within ourselves like where is there any prejudice? Mm-hmm. Um, especially in the Filipino culture that I grew up in. It's like the white skin color is preferred, right? That's why like many Many of the girls in the Philippines. The whitening soap. <laughs> the whitening soap. The whitening soap. And umbrella in the middle of the, a sunny day, right? Like you wouldn't necessarily see that in North America. This, this is for cancer. Um, what are you saying? <laughs> no, it's uh, they don't <laughs> want darker skin. So, like in a Filipino culture, that um, you know, Arwen, as you said, like before. It's like, like let's be honest. Filipino parents don't want mm. their daughters yeah. or their sons to date um, black people, and really, that's a shame because we only look at the skin and we don't look at them as people who have you know souls and have been created by God. Yeah, there's this. Uh, you should say there was this one. There's this one video that hit me um, particularly well. Um, it was pretty simple, black background. Um, you know, black man in front of uh, a camera lens, and he was just naming things about himself. 
like things that he hated, things that he did during the day. He's a Sunday school teacher and he, he teaches kids, you know, every, you know, every Sunday, you know, he, he helps his mom or, or whatever, what it was. Um, <laughs> oddly enough, I'm supposed to remember all of that, but I don't. What I do remember is sort of like the last, the last two sentences. And he says, you know, uh, I'm just doing this. Basically, he's saying, I'm do I was just doing this. I wanted to get in front of the camera to tell you a little bit about myself before you call the cops. Like, it's almost in group. Like, he knew. Like, it's almost like he's, it's, it's an acceptance on his part that you are going to call them. So before you, I mean, just before you call them, here's a little bit that you need to know about me as a human being, not as a black, just a human being before you call the cops. Mm. Right. Um, and it's something inside of me broke. It's just like, wow, this, this is, this should not be. Yeah. And for many of us, yeah, it's, that should be. And for many of us, that's just not our reality. Right. Like we get to live our lives. Um, normally with no fear of like maybe the police will get me today for nothing or you know like the fear of just you know being detained that's not our reality but for many of our brothers especially down south like the reality is they could be sleeping in their own apartment and still get shot at they could be helping out like someone who has a developmental uh, disability out on the street. Like they they could just be going out um, and that, you know, like someone will be helping out that person and they could still get shot. Uh, They could just be walking around town and like the reality of it. And it's sad is that like they're scared for their lives whenever they go out. This is a tough, tough episode. Yeah. And so what can we do, I guess, like as members of the Asian community to like stand up for our brothers or like educate others with like regarding this issue? I think the biggest thing that I've been seeing is uh, besides the, the whole social Instagram um, movement uh, where everyone's posting anything concerning uh, Black Lives Matter is everything starts in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what you can do. And I think that's what everyone is asking to do. Um, it's uh it's the only thing that we can control um, at this particular time. Uh, everybody knows that the government, um, yeah, the government hasn't always been there for them, never been there for them when they needed it. Um, so yeah, I think uh, that was one of the things that I've seen was, you know, besides doing all of this, 
start start in the home, teach your kids. Um, look at yourself, kind of thing, and uh, like reevaluate, like what you're really doing. I think um, one of the, you know, one of the stories that that comes to mind as to what do we do um, is that 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 story about Job's friends. At least that first week, they they did something absolutely right. They just they came and they were with him. They didn't say anything. They just they sat with him. They cried there, but they were they're with him. And I think that's what you know. The very least that we need to do is to be with you know our brothers and our sisters in the black community uh, because they're hurting, mm. right? Uh, they're outraged. They are frustrated. They're 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 at the end, for many of them end end of the rope, right? And this is coming in the midst of, you know, a pandemic that has seen, even though you know, seen them, you know, even though this 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 virus doesn't shouldn't have, you know, any preference, you know, in terms of race, in terms of socioeconomic status. That, that's what it is, right? We see that the research shows that, or at least the statistics shows us that those that are affected, many of them, or at least a disproportionate amount, are in, you know, low socioeconomic, um, you know, regions or statuses, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of them, I mean, you know, there's, there's, there's a large proportion of that is from the black community, right? How come they aren't? You know, you know that they're dealing with that. They're dealing with these deaths. They're dealing with you know people staying, being told to stay home, having to stay home because to, to be safe, losing some jobs, business own, owners losing business. You know, people are, are are you know they're. This is crazy. This is a crazy storm for everybody, particularly for them. And so they've got all of this that they've got to deal with. And so that's why I think part of this is all just sort of like spilling over with the protests and with the movement, the galvanizing of people to see that what is wrong because, you know, there's just been so much to deal with in the last couple of months. And then it's just starting to boil over top. Right. And I wonder, and I wonder, had we not had this pandemic would would we would this gain so much traction as much traction right yeah because everyone had the time yeah and they're, to... and they're and they're desperate right because they're you know savings are running low right some people don't have enough for rent some people don't have enough for food you know you can't go out Right? You're missing your friends. You, you know, you're, you're missing your support for, for a lot of people. Right? This is just like, this is, I don't know. I don't know how else to put it. I know it sounds like not enough, but this is a really bad time. Like it goes deeper than that, but I don't know. I don't know how else to say it. It's a horrible time to be a person in the black community. Right, because you because not only you have to deal with racism, you've got to deal with COVID, you've got to deal with the political climate that's in the states, mm-hmm. 
Right. I can um, deal with your president. Yeah. We're not, yeah. Mm. <laughs> we're, we kind of made, okay, so for those that are listening, we've kind of said, okay, we're going to talk about things that, that we don't normally talk about in, you know, in church. But one of the things we wanted to stay away from was, was politics. But the problem is, is that this thing is just, I mean, it, you can't, above you can't politics. talk about George Floyd. You can't, you, you can't talk about any of this because it's so ingrained into, you know, the situation and, and the temperature and, and sort of like the context of the day. It's all interwoven. It all, you know, it, <laughs> it doesn't help that, you, that tweets start to, you know, get entwined with all of this mm-hmm. stuff, right? Yeah. And so, man, I, it's hard and I feel, and I, I can't, I mean, obviously, obviously there's that, that sign that says, I understand that I'll never understand, but I stand with you. That's how we feel. But there's, you know, at the same time, it's just like, well, how many times can we say it before, you know, it becomes just cliche. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even like the simplest mm-hmm. statement of being there for people and understanding what they're going through like means a lot to them. Like for me, like my friend um, messaged like our group chat and he's, he was saying about like people going online saying happy Sabbath and when it's not a happy Sabbath, um, it was not a happy day. It was not a happy week and, all I said was like, no, it's not a happy Sabbath at all. And I'm with you and I'm praying for you. And like, that just, you know, like that just caused him to like, thank me from the bottom of his heart. And like, he told me how, like how far that went. And yeah. And for that, like for a lot of them, it's just like, what it takes is for your understanding Uh, of the issue like you can believe whatever you believe about looting or um or whatever but as long as you're there for them and you tell them how much you understand um, that's what they need right now they don't need like oh i don't believe in this looting like i wish like you guys would just stop um Regardless of how you feel about it, which I guess like we haven't discussed, but um, like what they need is to just have people who understand what they're going through, and people who, although they don't understand, like try to understand, right? So yeah, this is just all a symptom. All these are symptoms of. the years of, I don't know if I have any right to say this, but just like years of oppression, lack of support from the government. And it's just like, like it's like, the, you know, the when, you, um, when you're being bottlenecked, I think that's what's happening right now, like more so, I mean, like, uh, what Kuya Alan was saying earlier, it's like you had COVID and all of this, the the, the whole um, elections coming up and all that stuff. 
the thing is racism was like happening way before that and um yeah i i don't know it it does suck what, what, what we've been saying the whole time and i don't know uh for me like i know i'm probably going off script or whatever off whatever we were trying to talk about but like sometimes for me like i because i'm not black and uh for me like I've, I don't know, it sucks because I don't know if anything will change. But for the black community, it's crazy because their resilience is uncanny. Like for them, they're still fighting. And they've been fighting for how many years? Like 400 years, 400 plus years. Mm -hmm. It's just crazy. I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. Yeah, I mean, as we were talking about, you know, off camera before that, like, there's this, and I understand, you know, there there will be uh, some of our brethren that will say, you, you can never understand that we're going through, and we understand that, um, but, you know, trying to wrap my mind around it, because I, I, I still, like, that's still a driving thing for me, I still want to understand, um, you know, sort of the gravity of, you know, being in their shoes, right? And the the farthest that I've gotten so far is that um, there is there is a three dimensional at least this point at this point a three dimensional aspect to you know their pain and their you know and a lot of things that they're yeah their pain their anguish their you know um, I don't even know the words but there's there's the the sort of the width of this, right? Of this, because there's so many instances that are happening, you know, almost on a monthly basis, almost on a weekly basis, sometimes on a daily basis, right? You'll see discrimination, you'll see pre, uh, brutality, uh, mostly by the police against, you know, a, you know, person of the black community, right? That's happening on a, you know, on a wide scale area across North America. Right, so there's the width of that. There's also the depth of that, having 400 years of discrimination, including slavery and all that 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 comes with built into their identity. Right, that's part of their history. They get reminded. We all get reminded of it on on in February where it's Black History Month. Mm -hmm. Right, where just one month they're given to 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 recognize and remember. And to try to heal from some of the, you know, some of the, the I want to say PTSD of yeah. just being in that community, you know, being a part of that community. And yet there's a third dimension where it's height, where it's, it's not just the past, it's not just the present, but the future. And the way that it looks for them, the way that things are going, you know, will impact their, 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 their mental you know, their mental strength, their mental will, right? That impact, that I can't, that I can't even understand. Like I've been, I've been in a room where I'm the visible minority and an authority walks in and has a, has a straight beeline towards me, right? And I'm, I'm in trouble. I haven't done anything. I'm there, I'm playing a video game, 
my quarter's still in there and they, they pull me away. It's, you know, I'm the only guy that's a visible minority. But to do that, you know, day in and day out for 400 years, to see that that's going to be my future for the next, I don't know, for, for the next foreseeable future, not only, uh, not only for me, but for my kids and for my grandkids, that part I can't, I can understand the, the depth of that, like the, like the roundness of it. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot understand. I can't because the experience is not there for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know where I was going with this, but that's as far as I, I, I could go. Right? I know there's deeper to it, but that's as far as I could get. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and just the, the pain on, on not just an individual level, but um but on a community wild level by uh, by a uh, by a cultural level right there is pain there is hurting there is you know there's trauma se- severe trauma that's there right mm-hmm. um that i can't i can't i can't wrap my mind around right i can only uh, yeah i can only just sort of like appreciate it from a distance because i don't and so I hurt. I hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I do want to add that, like, with the whole um, police enforcement, yes, like, police brutality, it's correlated with the number of murders that have been happening um, with, you know, within the Black community. But there are there are those who do their job really well to protect and to serve. Yeah. And that's the messed up thing about it. <sighs> yeah. Because there's, there's a couple, there's, there's a good, there's a good proportion of it. At yeah. least that's the way, you know, it, it absolutely seems, but you know, there are good, you know, there are good police people. Yeah. Right. And it sucks that they're totally ruining it for the rest yeah. of them. It's like the one good thing that they do is tainted with, the X number of things that the rest of the other law enforcers do that's bad, negative, horrible, horrific. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know what adjective you want to use, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, go ahead, Mac. But I, I think like I read this and like one of the headlines, I don't, I don't know what city this is, but like the city's chief police officer joined a protest so i thought that was michigan i think michigan it was in michigan i, I believe um so i think like that was that's a good start um for the police to you know to just um be there in singularity with the community right yeah um i, I think I, I think part of i, I don't know I don't know how this this works, right? But I understand there's, you know, there's there's a thing called you know the blue wall or the blue shield where where police officers need to protect each other, you know, their 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 precinct, their you know just the the fact that they're cops all together, they have that common bond that they have to protect themselves even though they make mistakes. I I, I get that because we're all human, we all make mistakes. You can't, you know, do whatever. And the way that the legal system is, particularly in the states. You can have the smallest slip up and that'll cost you greatly, whether it's in civil court or whether it's in criminal court, you could lose an entire case because, you know, 
because you made one small slip up, right? Or you could get sued for like, or your department can get sued for a huge amount because you forgot one small little thing. So I get the idea that, you know, you got to, you got to stick up for each other. You got to whatever, because they're, they're put into harm's way on a daily basis, right? That's part of the job, right? Their job is to put themselves in harm's way to protect others. Yeah. So I get that aspect of it. Okay. Um, And it's easy for us and, and and it's easy for us and it is right for us to say, look, you got to call out when it's wrong. Right. You got to, you got to stick up, you know, even if it means that your, your brother in the police force, you know, did something like truly heinous. You got, you know, you got to stand up for that. You got to call that out. You are the upholders of the law. And I I can't remember which video, uh, there was a bunch of videos that said this. Uh, But when, and this goes to the looting aspect of it, when you have this contract with society about how you're supposed to act, right? And somebody else is not holding their part of the bar, their part of the bargain. Why would you? Mm-hmm. Right. What, this was in reference to the looters. I feel a certain way about it. Right. Um, yeah. So let's talk about that. Like, how do you feel? About the I under I understand why it is that they've done it. I understand that it's not as simple as, you know, we talk about either. I understand that there are some people, I'm just looking at this feed from, from Facebook and one man was charged for instigation. There are professional instigators that have been placed in, Mm. you know, in the crowds to incite, you know, whatever. I've seen videos where, you know, uh, I don't know if they're well-meaning or they're just, they're just citizens that, just want to do something. They just want to lash out at something. They're just angry at life or they're just angry at something. And so they'll, they'll, you know, they'll graffiti a Starbucks and you'll, you'll see one, you know, the person that's taking the video, somebody from a black community will be shouting at them. They're like, please don't do that because they weren't, I mean, they weren't from the black community. They, I mean, they're, they're what looked like from, you know, uh, from a middle Eastern community. Right, mm-hmm. tagging you know BLM and 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 all the the stuff that you would want to, but they're saying don't do that because they're not going to blame you; they're going to blame us. Mm-hmm. So I I understand that it's not as cut and dry as people just being fed up. There are other there are other forces that are in action. There are you know other things that are that that come into play, and yet I can't help but think this is not helping the cause. I understand the reaction of it. And I can and, and I would be lying to you if I, if, if, uh, t- if I were to say that I would do it a different way, because I don't know if I was in that situation with that much, you know, history behind whatever, that's part of my identity, part of my, my culture, you know, that's entwined in it, all that, you know, all that abuse and, and discrimination. I can't say that I wouldn't do the same thing that I wouldn't be so angry as to just lash out at anything that I see. Mm-hmm. I understand it. But at the same time, that's not helping people look at, 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 at the black community any other different way. What they'll see is fear, right? They'll, 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 they'll have fear. Uh, because it translates, at least from an outsider's perspective, it translates to 
see, they can just pop off whenever they want to, right? There's no control to it, right? I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying that's a perception that people will take. Not everybody will have it, but it will be enough. And people understand that, you know, people in the black community understand it while other people, they're just like, you know, we can't, we don't care. We've done it. We've done it for so long. We, for so we, we've had the peaceful process, um, protests, right? We've had the walks, we've had the, the hashtags, we've had the posts, all of that. And it hasn't done a thing. Well, it, it has, but it hasn't, it hasn't been enough. Let's agree to that. It's been effective, but it hasn't been enough. Mm -hmm. That's where I think with the camera, yeah. Yeah, that's where I think like like where I understand where they're coming from is that yeah, you said like they you know, Colin Kaepernick got blacked out of the you know, like blackballed out of the NFL for doing that. Um that's as peaceful protest that could be. And then um and then like we have you know people, you know, black starting Black Lives Matter and then like they're automatically contradicted by all lives matter um in an effort to minimize like what they were trying to do and then you know like they have all these marches they have all these like protests that like for the most part were pretty uh peaceful but as you said like it went nowhere and so now that they're like that's where I understand where you know like all the vandalism and looting is. It's just like they're angry and they've had enough. And yeah, okay, let's say that there were instigators that aren't even part of the you know black community. Um, let's say let's say there weren't. I would still be understanding like where they're coming from, and I think like as you know, people who are outside of that. Uh, we, I don't know if we can say uh, stop. I, the thing is, like, we, we're putting more emphasis on, like, property and material things rather than the human lives that have been lost. Mm, I've that. seen that. Yeah, I mean, I, I get that as well, but I just can't get, like, there's this video that I saw how this one black man was just shouting to his community that his business was a truck that got set on fire for one of the protests. He's like, what, why are you doing this? That's my business. I'm a black man too. I'm hurting as much as you do. Why did you do this to me? Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yeah. so my thought isn't necessarily on, on, on the property itself because that's what insurance is for. Maybe it doesn't co- cover it, but maybe it does. But in the same sense, it's more like, you know, the sort of the bystanders that are there that, you know, that get swept into it. And so much more for that, that particular gentleman, right, who was from the black community, who's getting it from both sides. (laughs) He's getting screwed, not only from the establishment, the quote unquote establishment, but there's also getting, you know, screwed over by his own people, right? Yeah. And I think that's where, I think that's where like my heart, you know, gravitates a little bit towards is just like, yeah, okay, but there's a guy that's with you that's hurting and you're, you're hurting him as well, right? He's getting it on both sides, mm. right? So I feel for him and those that are, are, are whatever, target, you know, it's target. Target, 
Target can recover. They can, they'll recover. They're big. They're big enough. Walmart can recover. They can recover. Starbucks. Yeah, these big companies. Yeah, they can recover. So maybe you know, for those for those companies, yeah, it sucks for them. Wish it didn't happen for them. But you know what? You guys are gonna be okay. But it's the moms, and the mom pop and pop shots. shots, the guys that are working at you know that have their business in a truck, that loses everything. I mean, they've had to lose. They've had to like try to what try to try to um, keep afloat in COVID. And then, you know, maybe they are successful only to be off by, you know, protesters, you know, that are, you know, that mm-hmm. sucks for yeah. that individual. Yeah. That's not fair at all. Yeah. So I understand the rage. I understand, you know, I understand the hurt and, and the lashing out. But man, man, that's just, that's, that's, that hurts for me too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely not clear cut. Um, it's far from being clear cut. Um, but yeah, and uh, I guess like I, as Christians, like how can we be, you know, how can we support them? And like, how does the gospel the gospel fit within this narrative? Like, where does the gospel and the kingdom of God fit in all of this? Well, one thing I know I'm kind of dominating, but one of the one thing that I that I've seen that you know my brethren in the black community do not want to hear about right now is a theologizing about forgiveness because they're still hurting, right? Yeah. They're in the midst of their pain, right? You can't talk to them about this. This is not. I don't know if there's. I I, I don't know what to say if this is the right time or not. But this is mm-hmm. definitely. I don't. I don't. I don't know how much it'll help. Yeah. Right. To say you just need to forgive because, you know, that's how you'll break free from like whatever. No, because it's still it's still staring them in the face, right? Mm-hmm. Every single day. This whole thing has been caught to a forefront. So it's not like it's a one time thing and then, you know, they'll never deal with it and they've got to deal with the aftermath. The aftermath, they're still in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. That's what I understand. So, you know. Gospel in the kingdom of God, King, yeah, forgiveness is a part of it, but let's help them within their pain right now. Yeah, be present, right? Be present. Like, be present. Like, the ministry of presence is so crucial uh, in most times, but then we fail to be there. And, like, just the presence of you don't have to talk and you don't have to, like, dope through friends, right? Yeah, you Those don't were, have. That was the best thing that they did. Throughout that entire book, and then they opened their mouths. And then they opened their mouths and said heresies and mischaracterized God. Um, and that's what we're doing. Uh, some of us as Christians, it's just like when we open our mouths, it's just not a good thing like that comes out, especially when we're not sensitive enough. Um, yeah. And I think um, as Christians, like I've seen this, right? Um, and I think like it's I think it doesn't help when we just say like Jesus come soon enough because it doesn't help because we're supposed to be God's agents on earth right now and we're supposed to bring about like the kingdom of God within earth. Right? And Jesus' prayer, like what is it? Um that your kingdom come, they will be done on earth 
as it is in heaven. Um, so Jesus has brought that kingdom here uh, through the, living his life on earth and dying on the cross and resurrection, bringing forth the Christian church. And where I think like where, where the kingdom of God is, is wherever his will is being um, done. And for the most part, we as Christians have shied away from that. We have put all these, we have not brought the kingdom of God to the rest of the earth, but we expect the earth to just like come within our church doors and experience the kingdom of God there. Yes, you, you should be able to experience the kingdom of God within the church, but how much are we doing to propel the kingdom of God outside our walls, right? And the kingdom of God is should be experienced by everyone. And, you know, like I was reading um, Rob Bell's book, Love Wins. Oh, no, don't burn me. Um, <laughs> heretic, heretic. Um, Rob Bell is just like, why are we so concerned about um, hell in the future when hell is happening on earth right now um, people who are so concerned about the kingdom of God coming in the future are the people who are the least who are propelling the kingdom of God here on earth right now and hell doesn't just mean you know, like the end times and the lake of fire at the end, people, you know, like eternal torment or people uh, being cast on the lake of fire. That's not hell um, for the most part. At least that's an incomplete view of hell. Um, hell is where people's children are suffering. God's creation, um, where God's children are suffering god's creation is suffering and right now we are experiencing um although not a physical hell uh, we are experiencing a spiritual hell um in terms of people suffering and people being oppressed and they're the same people that you know jesus died for and they're the same people that you know jesus came uh, so that he can have a relationship with them so who are we to say that you know, they're not worth our time. And I think like when we, how the gospel fits in this is that if you believe the gospel, then there's no room for racism in your heart. Uh, we should take every opportunity, um, whether it's like in the afternoon programs or um, in the like morning programs, even divine um, service, you know, like 11 a.m. Uh, to just talk about where we are as Christians, where our hearts are in terms of racism and um, education, ed educating our youth, um, like with this issue. And hopefully we will arrive at a point where the, there's no segregation in the church. Uh, because let's face it, there's still like some sort of you know, divide within like multi, you know, like even in the multicultural churches, like some, you know, um, groups of people would gather together. Um, it's not, it's definitely not at a point where everyone's in harmony with each other. 
Um, so I think as a church, we should um, educate our members um, towards like the will of God in terms of living in harmony uh, and no prejudice against any group of people within any church. Um, and I think we can discuss it as, at a later time, but I don't know if ethnic-based churches really help uh, with all of this. So, yeah. Yeah, so in terms of um, what else we can do to help um, our, you know, Black um, communities is, yeah, uh, right now, if you're active on social media, you will almost always see something um, telling you how you can help, uh, whether this be signing a petition or donating um, supporting black businesses, local businesses, um, educating yourself, um, knowing really what you're doing, why you're doing what you're doing. Um, yeah, please continue to do so. Um, and, uh, yeah, what else, what more can I say? I mean, I mentioned earlier to start, start with your family, start with yourself, um, have a more loving heart with um, like, you know, for forgive yourself, um, ask for forgiveness. If you know, you've had uh, ever, it, what's the word that I'm looking for? If you've ever offended anyone in any way, uh, own up to it because the way I see it, if, and I think that's the reason why most people are, um, are being affected by this is that, uh, yeah, um, they know that they've done wrong and uh, some of them, they don't want to get called out for it. I don't know if that's how you want to see it, but um, other people are, yeah, they're, they're, they're saying sorry, they're asking for forgiveness and um, yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all I can say. I'm sorry. I'm sorry uh, for the times that um, that I have joked for the times that I have made off the cuff comments where I have looked at someone sideways, right? Because they are different. They're different from me, right? I'm sorry. Um, I should have known better. I will be better. Um, and I hope you can forgive. Yeah, I, I'm really sorry if um, I've let my heart be desensitized to all um, the pain that the Black community has gone through over the years. Um, I'm sorry that, you know, I'm sorry, like when I look at someone who is different, that I resort to stereotypical um, thoughts. Um, and that although I'm nice to them and polite on the outside, that there are, you know, like lingering prejudice within my heart. 
um, I'm sorry, you know, that I haven't spoken up until now and that I haven't, you know, been there for my, you know, black brothers and sisters um, until recently. And so I hope you can forgive me and, and yeah, and I'll try to be better. Um, I am sorry and I too also want to apologize to any of my friends in the black community who I assume are okay with this just because uh, they mentioned that, uh, that this is their way of life. Um, just assuming that uh, this is just the norm for them and that uh, that life will carry on for them regardless. Um, for, I guess, my misuse of their culture, their, their lingo, their listening to their music and thinking that uh, I could say the N-word um, in front of them because they're my friend and I get that pass. Um, yeah. Uh, and um, just, uh, just for, I guess, making uh, a lot of stupid jokes that uh, I thought were harmless um, and not really knowing the, the wounds that it could inflict um, emotionally. Um, you may not forgive me, uh, but uh, I hope one day, uh, you know, we could talk about it and that um, you, you, you know, you could forgive, no, you could forgive me for it, but um, yeah. Uh, definitely sorry. Uh, the reason why I did, uh, I, I want, wanted to do, to, to do this podcast uh, was because, you know, John, my wife is saying like, look, there are some people that are saying, you know, we got to talk about it. And, you know, what do you do with it? You know, what do you do with all of this? And I think seeing some of the videos out there, I'm trying to get some ideas that are helpful some of those that might be a little bit misguided and what I've come to at least consider as something that we can do is that, you know, for those of us, uh, for those that are listening, maybe in the States, I mean, keep up with, keep up with the posts, keep up with the likes, keep up with the marching because that, you know, that shows that there's, that there's um, consensus. That's consensus is not the word for it, but like there's, there's momentum, there's, there's, there's masses, there's, there's a mass that is, that is building up, right? So keep all of that, but, you know, regardless of what you think about the looting, regardless of what you think about the slogans of Black Lives Matter, look, that has all kind of achieved its purpose, which is you've gotten their attention, now what, right? You have the attention, so what do you do with it? Um, from what I can gather, one of the best things that you can do as an individual who thinks, well, I'm one person, what can I do? You know, other than changing my own sort of perspective and helping others around me change my perspective, change their perspective, vote. That is your right. As a citizen of the States, of the citizens of Canada, you can vote, right? You can vote the people that will make the changes 
that need to be changed in order to combat racism, systemic racism, right? That is inherent within, you know, uh, some the government institutions, the corporate institutions, you know, maybe that's, that's a different aspect of it, but definitely, you know, on, on, a, you know, on, on a sort of political landscape, you can vote. That is your power to do something, right? So listen, vote the person that is, that is willing to do what is necessary in order to, to address these issues. You know, when it comes to police officers, you can vote your, your counselors, you can vote, I think you can vote um, the police, no, can you believe vote police chiefs? If you can do that, vote them, <laughs> right? The ones that'll, that will deal with it, you know? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, any and all, you can't sit on the sidelines anymore and bemoan, you know, um, what's not happening, to, what's happening to you if you don't do anything with it. You have one power, and that's to vote, right? Another thing, I mean, you vote, and hopefully one of the things that can have that happen that is not in with that is probably not within your your within your strength uh, is to demand for police screening, right? Screen those that are you know that are going into the police force, right? If you ha come up with some hard rules to when when people have infractions, right? You get to a certain number, you particularly get to to infractions that are particularly heinous, right? That there is something that is in place that will protect the, the public from uh, from police officers. Sorry, that are people that are masquerading as police officers that abuse that power, right? Mm -hmm. And make it uh, and make it uh, bad for everybody else that is in the law enforcement agencies that are trying to protect the public, you know, in from moral, you know, in 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 good moral standing, right? Mm -hmm. So push for that push for that kind of change, right? Start from there and then, you know, see yeah. where that goes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And these are definitely some tough times, um, especially for our, our brothers and sisters. Um, and we believe that Jesus has died for everyone and just God has definitely created all of us um, equally and there is no one race that is above another and that we should love one another and always be there for each other um, bear with each other and everyone's um, pain and at this point uh, we stand with our you know black brothers and sisters and although we don't understand everything that's going on and we don't understand all the pain that you're going through. Really, we can never arrive at that point um, as Asians and as like North American, you know, eight, you know, Asian Americans. Um, but we hope um, that we continue to educate ourselves and that we are there for um, the Black community always and speak out against any kind of injustice, any kind of form of racism and oppression or um, prejudice, and because that's all we can do as human beings. So um, if we have said anything um, 
that appears uneducated or offensive um, to anyone, uh, please bear with us and forgive us. We're uh, just uh, learning through this experience. Um, and yeah, uh, you can view our official statement uh, regarding the issue on our social media platforms, uh, whether it's Facebook, uh, Instagram, or Twitter, uh, at the Prodigals Pod. Um, yeah, you can read the full statement there. And um, we hope that everyone is well and safe and um, is on the path of healing um, in every aspect. And we love you all. And see you next time.